0: Hello and welcome to another All Saints Conversation. I'm Connie Willems
1: and I am Brock Bingaman
0: and we are delighted to be with you again and ordinarily we jump straight into a topic but I've got to say I'm excited because we actually just started All Saints.
1: Yes, Monday, our first night. So fun. we
0: got to sit around a table with 20 some students and discuss. Yeah. It was really fun.
1: It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? A good mixture of students and digging in from day one it's really
0: good and we want to talk today about something that we actually talked about in that first class which is how we approach scripture because we started our biblical studies course yeah and the first thing we wanted to talk about is just set up how we approach scripture and we talked about this in one of our podcasts a long time ago but we've kind of something has emerged since then which we wanted to delve into today Which is, and I'm going to say this, I can't avoid saying it in a strange way, a hermeneutic of love. What in the
1: world? Now, on a a humorous (laughs) note, we said that this could have been possibly on an 80s concert tour shirt. So we'll have to just bracket that out. This is not the hermeneutic of love A
0: hermeneutic of love. Right.
1: It's not that. (laughs) This is actually a serious approach to the Bible.
0: So tell us, first of all, the word hermeneutic. I'm going to be really geeky and spell it for people who've never seen it. Okay. It's spelled H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C. And I'm assuming it's some kind of Greek word that means something big, right?
1: Yes. And it essentially means interpretation, an interpretive lens. So you can have a biblical hermeneutic You could have a hermeneutic through which you read and interpret the Constitution, other pieces of literature, but we're talking today about a hermeneutic of love.
0: So a hermeneutic is a way that you approach or you see something. So when we say a hermeneutic of love, it means we're seeing through... The
1: lens of love. We're reading the Bible through a lens of love, and we're going to come back to that and really focus on it and unpack it. I you came up with some great other lenses through which we view the Bible and so would you talk about those a little bit
0: Well the truth is that we all have a lens whether yeah. we call it a hermeneutic or not we come to scripture with a hermeneutic we yes. just don't use that word for it Yeah and they all come from the church we grew up in the church we attended the four or five pastors that have influenced us the most, the people we read, or just our own stuff. And so we pick them up. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you can think back to what any of yours were. Yeah. Some of
1: these that you've mapped out here. You've mapped out a handful of them. And as you came up with those, we actually put them in our All Saints Scripture Prayer Guide, a new one called Praying the Scope of Scripture, 11 Key Passages to Encounter God. We can talk about that later, but you mapped out these five or six uh, hermeneutics, (laughs) approaches, lenses, and I I identified with some of these.
0: Well, and one of the reasons they were so easy for me to list is that at different points in my life, I think I've been in all of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was a chronology of your own. (laughs) Yes.
0: So one of them them. is just that the Bible is kind of a how-to manual. It's Mm -hmm. where I go to find out how to do life well. Yes. And the reality is there's some truth in all of these. So it's not like any of them is just completely off base. It does show us how to do life. Yeah. But it's not primarily a how to manual. Or we might come with a lens of looking at scripture as a textbook. Mm-hmm. And when I was taking courses on it, and I'm sure you face this in seminary, you just start seeing it as another textbook. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's to be analyzed and. Dissected and all of this, so the lens through which you're Mm -hmm. reading it would be similar to a psychology textbook or something like that. It
0: just becomes a textbook after a while. Another one is um, hmm. a rule book. Yeah.
1: Shoes, that's fun.
0: Yeah, you've probably been there with that one as well. Mm. And we even kind of foster this lens when we write Bible studies by saying, in this passage, what do you what rule is there for you to follow? Or what command is there for you to obey? That's how we usually talk about it. Yeah. And it without really intending to, we give the impression the scripture is primarily a bunch of commands to obey. Yeah.
1: A big collection of rules for again, there's a little bit of truth mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. But if that's the sole lens through which you're reading it. It's going to be misguided. Okay, keep going because there are a couple of them.
0: There's another one which is just being this dry, ancient text. Mm -hmm. It is, um, I go to it because it's maybe historically interesting Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just irrelevant. So I don't even look at it as if it might have something to say to me. Yeah,
1: it's way back there in the past and has no kind of fresh voice or anything. Maybe even it's just kind of a great literary document or something Mm like that.
0: Yeah. And then we also have a lens that we talk about, um, and this is again as inadvertent, that it is a place where I go and it's a collection of comforting and encouraging thoughts and ideas and passages that I can kind of pull out and hang on mm-hmm. to and they'll maybe give me a little bit of advice or they'll give me just a kind of a nice drink of water to get yeah. through the day.
1: A well, hallmark, a nice collection oh, of hallmark yeah. cards or Tony Robbins. Yeah. I, hey, Tony Robbins can be cool at yeah. times, but it's not just a collection of advice or self help, yeah. is it? It's much more than that.
0: And so when we look at it, we go to it expecting something. And so we just posit it, okay, for all saints, how are we going to go and look at scripture mm-hmm. so that we don't fall into one of these ditches yeah
1: and again even as you just restate that there is wisdom in each of these Mm. but they're either secondary tangential or misguided just the idea that it's a dry ancient text so we are talking about in all saints this hermeneutic of love an interpretive lens of love so when we come to the bible we're approaching it through a lens of love. What in the world do we mean by that, though?
0: Well, I want to read this quote that we have from Augustine. And he lived when?
1: 354 to 430, roughly. Okay. So he's fourth, fifth century.
0: Okay. So very influential mm-hmm. church father. Yes. And I'm just going to read this because he summarizes kind of what we're talking about here. And he is kind of basing this off of. Um, the greatest commands are to love God and love your neighbor. And then Augustine says, So if it seems to you that you have understood the divine scriptures or any part of them in such a way that by this understanding you do not build up this twin love of God and neighbor, then you have not yet understood them.
1: So I'm going to read it. Yeah. So that you can listen
0: and comment on this.
1: So, if it seems to you that you have understood the divine scriptures or any part of them in such a way that by this understanding you do not build up this twin love of God and neighbor, then you have not understood them.
0: So he's saying in that that if we come to scripture and we read it and interpret it in such a way that it doesn't lead us to that twin love of god and neighbor something is wrong yes we're off
1: track we're misguided we've got a different lens up to our eyes what i love about augustine is he's derivative
0: what he is not mean?
1: he is not coming up with this
0: so he, he derives his he, thoughts from someone exactly
1: else. so he gets credit for this and so in some academic circles oh augustine he comes up with the hermeneutic of love but he's doing nothing but pointing back to the greatest interpreters of Scripture that ever lived, Jesus. And you already referenced that in Mark 12. Jesus is asked by one of the experts of the law, what is most important? And he points to Deuteronomy, and he points to Leviticus, and he says these two twin commands, love for God, love for neighbor. And, and
0: doesn't he say this sums up all the law of prophet?
1: yes. Yeah, in Matthew twenty. Matthew so he, twenty two forty.
0: So he is saying that this love for God and love for neighbor is the summary of all the law and the prophetic writings. That's right. So he's Jesus is looking at these writings through this lens and saying, This is what comes out of
1: it. That's right. So it's the essence, it's the spirit, it's the fulfillment, but it's also the approach to the Scriptures themselves. So, Paul says the same thing. He reiterates this in Romans 13.8, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Timothy 1, 1.5, these places where he's basically taking the teaching of Jesus, that we read the Scriptures, we understand them, we live them through love for God and love for neighbor. So Augustine's restating it, and it's already a teaching of Christ and teaching of the
0: Apostles. How does this then make a difference when we come to Scripture? What does it do differently than those lenses that we talked about? The
1: textbook, the rule book, the how-to manual, these kinds of things. Well, if you think about every time you're opening the Scriptures, whether you're alone in your own time with God or with a small group or something, just think every time you open the Scriptures, your approach to them is, Lord, what is there here that will deepen and fan into flame love for you and love for other people. I mean, to me, that's a game changer. Mm. Every time I come to the Bible, that's what it is. And in order for us to love God, we have to receive love from God. Yeah. So with that in mind, every time you open your Bible, you're basically saying, Lord, I need to receive your love. I want to respond to that love and I wanna give that love to other people, release it. So
0: that's so just fundamental. If I'm change. finding myself then viewing scripture as a textbook, that is not drawing me into love of God or neighbor. So I've wandered off into a ditch then.
1: That's right. And again, what what this does, if you approach God through the Bible in this way, you end up getting the wisdom. You end up getting some of these other things. But first and foremost, you are encountering God through Scripture. You realize God has given us this book as an expression of love, and so that I can encounter this love and be transformed by it.
0: Then what you're actually essentially saying is, if I'm going to the book and encountering God, God is love. So Mm -hmm. how can I encounter Him without experiencing love? So then, of course, I'm going to experience that in His Word. That's right.
1: Through the text, and again, some people might think this is too simplistic, or that maybe it doesn't deal with all the nuances of Scripture. If it was good enough for Jesus, you know, he Mm. this is the way he interpreted the the Hebrew Bible was through this, and it's true for the New Testament. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me, and I, I have found this to be like a chiropractic readjustment in the way that I approach God through the Bible
0: so I could see how because we're coming from these different perspectives so I could see how if you could get really geared into a very academic or parsing okay let me find out what all the commentators have said about a passage the hermeneutic of love could correct that I'm going over into this other world and saying so many women's Bible studies that I've been in Mm -hmm people would look at that and go, you guys are already mired in a lens of love. You don't need more of it. So over there, this kind of overly um, personal and emotional approach that I might fall into, how does this affect or interact with that? Do you know what I'm asking? Oh yeah, Yeah,
1: it's kind of a mushy, gushy, sentimentalized, devotional approach to the Bible. If you think about Mark 12, Jesus says, pulling from Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God, what? With all your heart, soul,
0: mind, mind, and strength.
1: strength." So he's saying the whole person encounters the love of Mm. God and then responds. So it's not a matter of turning down your intellectual capacity. It's full engagement of the whole person, including the emotions, including all of it, our whole person. So I would just answer by by saying that, again, Jesus is is saying uh, it should engage every part of you when you're studying Scripture. But again, first and foremost, it, it hits your heart through your mind.
0: Yeah, I think what I would say alongside that is if we think that a hermeneutic of love is going to lead us into kind of a mushy, over-sentimental <laughs> approach, yeah. I think we don't necessarily grasp what it is to be loved by a sovereign, immense, challenging, intimate, encompassing God.
1: I totally agree. You said it. If God is love, then the book is about love, and the book leads to encounters with the God of love. Now, we're not saying, because All all Saints actually is adamant about study Mm -hmm. and deep reflection and all of that, so... Again, we're not saying, hey, bracket that out and avoid commentaries and don't study Hebrew or Greek. That's not it at all. But if those things aren't leading to deeper affection for God, and if it's not fanning into flame, this fire in your heart, if it's leading to uh, idolizing the intellect or prizing the knowledge of the Bible that you have, that's a problem.
0: So if they're the end in itself, and if I get it, all the information parsed out, I'm good to go. That's right. Then we've stopped too soon.
1: Exactly. So knowledge puffs up. Yeah. Love builds up. So there's a different dynamic there. And I've been guilty of this before. I've read commentaries or theologians, various things, and really started to to feel some religious pride and spiritual pride in this body of knowledge. And so the hermeneutic of love would correct that and say, hey, what's going on here, Brock?
0: Yeah. You described, I don't know if it was in a podcast or a conversation, how in seminary you had this game where you guys challenged each other, like, can you name that passage? Yes. You know, who could name? We called it
1: Bible roulette. Yeah, you just (laughs) randomly opened something, and there were people that got it most of the time. So
0: you'd randomly open the Bible and start reading, and somebody would have to say where you were in Scripture. Within
1: a few words. And there were people that knew it inside and out it's kind of a modern day pharisee game isn't it yeah to show how much you know (laughs) bible bowl so i would like for us to um are are there any other comments you would have about this hermeneutic of love
0: no i think the biggest thing and as we begin talking about this the biggest thing i've said is okay let's open the bible and see what kind of difference this actually makes in a passage can we get students at all saints To look this way how do we help them so that would be the question i would have then of what difference does this make when we actually open scripture
1: yeah and i would challenge if you're listening to this podcast try it today or tomorrow whatever you're reading wherever you are um, try reading through this lens literally imagine i used to tell students this try putting on you know figuratively glasses so through one lens is love for god through the other is love for your neighbor. And students would talk about how this adjusted and corrected the way that they read the Bible and how they sought to encounter God through the Bible. There's one passage we talked
0: about. So the questions we're asking is, where and how do I see love for God? How do I see love for my neighbor? Yeah,
1: You had mentioned this passage in Hebrews 12, for example. It's um, Hebrews 12, 5 through 6.
0: And it's a correction to the distortions we bring just about our own skewed thinking.
1: You're reading this passage, and you've got a great cloud of witnesses, and you've got Jesus as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, all of these things. And then you get down to verse 5, and if you're not reading this through a lens, a hermeneutic of love, listen to how you can go off track. So at verse 5, Hebrews 12, And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as children. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. So this is a quote from Proverbs. Or lose heart when you are punished mm. by him. Yeah. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. So Sheesh, if you're, you're not that. reading yeah. that through a lens of love, then you can start turning inward and thinking, man, God is out to discipline me, to chastise me, to punish me. Because
0: Scripture says... Right there. Don't regard the discipline of the Lord lightly or lose heart when you are punished by him.
1: So if you're reading through a lens of love, God is love. Each time you open scripture should be placing you under the waterfall of God's love. Even a passage like this, our thinking about it, our interpretation can be corrected. It's not God bringing the hammer down. It's not God saying, Connie, Brock, I am displeased with you. Now I'm going to punish you.
0: But you know I love you, so it's love, okay.
1: Right. Maybe the 10%, the 90% yeah. is still me bringing my fist down on your yeah. life. If we're reading that passage through the lens of love, all of a sudden, it, God loves me so much. God loves all of God's children that there are moments of correction, Scripture calls it discipline, but even that is just shot through with love and tenderness and compassion and mercy. God loves the sin out of us. That's mm. a hermeneutic of
0: love. And so in a passage like that, your mind might be saying, well, yeah, they said it was a hermeneutic of love, so I guess it's what love feels like. Right. Boom, boom. Yeah. Boom. And so the thing that you would go back to there is Augustine, that it says, if you seem to have understood the divine scriptures or any part of them in such a way that by this understanding you do not build up this twin love of god and neighbor then you've not yet understood them so i would say if even then you read that passage and this isn't leading you further into god and neighbor then you go back to augustine and say you know i probably have not yet understood this i need to keep with this because This isn't taking me there, so something else, else is going on That's right, I've not me. yet understood.
1: So you come back to a passage like this, and again, you open Scripture. It's a sacrament of love. It is meant to be a means to encounter the love of God. Yeah. What do I mean by that? It places you under the waterfall of God's love yeah. and grace and truth and mercy. So I read a passage like this, and I think, your beloved child Mm. you love me so much just like that two-year-old that's either running into the street where there's cars and the parent has to grab them and it may seem a little harsh I'm saving you from getting smashed by a car that is the kind of thing or reaches up the two-year-old and wants to touch the the tea kettle Mm. that's hot grab the hand away it may seem harsh you may have to say hey don't do that you realize God loves us. We're beloved, and that is the kind of God that we serve. God is the ideal parent. Most of us are, are not, but
0: and haven't experienced an ideal parent. And so I would look at that and say, if even after thinking through all that I'm still in a place of going, well, yeah, I'm not so sure though. Mm. Then I come to it and I say, okay, God, there is something I'm getting here that I still have not yet understood. Would you begin to reveal your love to me? And I'm opening myself to your love and to this passage, and I'm going to stay here with you in this. And maybe that's over time, maybe it's in the moment, until you begin to correct and bring me into this place where I'm experiencing and recognizing. Yeah.
1: Love this out of me, yeah. whatever it is there. Yeah, uh, Judgment toward myself, self-loathing, self-hatred, all of these things. The love of God washing over us is the answer yeah. to that. One last thing I would like for us to address as we close here is along with the hermeneutic of love, this interpretive lens, is the idea that Scripture brings us to Jesus. Mm. We've touched on it a little bit, but I think this along with the hermeneutic of love is important. So, in John 5, 39-40, you have that there on page 7 in the guide would you read what Jesus says in John 5:39 through 40 it's on page 7
0: I will if I can see it yes. I see it right there
1: See it right there So
0: Jesus said you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that testify on my behalf yet you refuse to come to me to have life
1: Should we read it again mm. one more time
0: Yeah You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Hmm.
1: So we have here in our guide, Jesus is explaining that some people believe that knowledge of the scriptures alone brings eternal life. But the scriptures, Jesus says, testify of him. They point to him. They bring us to him. And when we come to him, we receive the fullness of life in the Holy Spirit.
0: It's like reaching through the scriptures to take hold of Jesus while he's reaching through them to take hold of us.
1: That's right. The living word coming to us through the written word. Again, that's why I call it a sacrament. Just like the bread and the wine, Christ comes. Mm. It's not just an outward symbol. Christ comes to us. His presence is there, working in our minds, in our hearts, in our community. The same thing with Scripture. We open Scripture, Christ is coming to us. I like the way you put that. He's reaching out to us, and we're reaching out to Him. This quote by Maximus the Confessor. uh, His dates are five eighty to six sixty two. He's an Eastern Orthodox brother. He says, there's something he says that's marvelous. He Mm. reinforces the fact that Scripture brings us into contact with Jesus. The written word, Maximus says, is intended to draw believers into an encounter with the living word. Maximus even says that to feel affection for the words of Scripture instead of the living word to whom they point is dangerous.
0: Now, why is it dangerous? Why do you think? Hmm, Well, it's going to stop me short of what God intends. So it's going to connect me to the book, and I'm going to miss connection with the God who's reaching to me through the book. Through
1: the book. That's right. I explain here to simply read, study, or be enamored with the biblical text is to miss the point. It is like obsessing over a biography when the person about whom the biography is written is standing outside the door ready to come in and have a conversation so i think this is a corrective to the way many of us read the bible especially those who get academically involved in the study of the bible it brings us to jesus it's a life-changing encounter the word of god coming to us in love and affection And transformative uh, power. It's an encounter.
0: With the living Word.
1: The living Word.
0: In the beginning was the Word, Mm -hmm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Became flesh in Jesus and dwelt among us.
1: And takes up residence in us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who opens up the Scriptures to us so that we can practice this hermeneutic of love, so that We can come to Jesus through the scriptures. Would you pray for
0: us? I would. Yeah. So I would pray. I would pray that when we open your word, you would reach out to us and you would find us reaching back towards you. Come to us in love. Keep us from walking away without having reached toward love. Amen. Amen. Uh. Well, we could have many more All Saints conversations about this, and we We will. We (laughs) will. If you'd like to find out more about All Saints, you can visit our website. It is allsaints.center. And I'd love to invite you to join us for the next class period on Monday, but we'll see you in our next podcast. That's right.
1: Thank you for listening.